Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to listen live in the central Indiana area, you can hear us on 93.5 FM and 107.5 FM. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, welcome in. I love, absolutely love the Denary and Quinn call with Miles Turner right there. And I'm sure I told Kevin Bowen yesterday, I said, uh, you enjoy my mentions last night because when everybody found out that Miles, and I guess when Rick Carlisle found out from reporters last night before the game that Miles had around 5 o'clock, and apparently there is no video of it, um, which I'd like to know. We'll talk to J.J. about that coming up in a couple of minutes. I do want to get a bit of a recap for that Pacer opener last night, that loss 114-107. If... You're in the camp of you want to see them win some games. You're probably thinking, all right, that was not successful. If you're on the other side where you're hoping that maybe they're in the uh, lottery for win by at some point, then you probably dug it. If you're really, and I mean truly keeping track at home, you watched one of the essential tanking teams of the NBA actually get a win last night with Colin Sexton in Utah. Utah absolutely has crapped out to tank, and they got a win last night over the Nuggets. Uh, but here it was 114-107, the Wizards over the Pacers. I mentioned this because Miles Turner went out for warm-ups around 5 and reportedly came down, stepped on the foot of a ball boy, and rolled his ankle. They said that it's not bad. However, I saw where Shams had a report before I came down here to coaches, and we'll talk about that in a second, where he is going to be out at least a week. And when you think about this, coming up tomorrow night, San Antonio's here, I believe, right? And uh, then they have another one you know, coming up on Saturday. So back-to-backs, three in all, counting last night, home games before they head out on a five-game road trip on the East Coast and into Chicago as well. So it kind of makes you wonder how many of those games on the road he may end up seeing. But I'm sure you want to send me tweets. I'm sure you want to respond to it. You did last night. I got bib overall pictures where he had one flap. Now, listen, I was back in the day. I was bib over. I got my Oshkoshes on because I saw what they did in Belle Biv DeVoe, and I wanted to be Belle Biv DeVoe. So I got the shorts version of them, and then I went one flap down as well. So I can't talk about anybody's wardrobe. And back in the day, I used to dig it. But I know that you probably want to get at me regarding that. I don't know what else to say about it. At some point, he's going to play. But last night, it sounds like it is the absolute freakish of uh, freak accidents. I'm just kind of curious where anybody gets off believing that he doesn't want to play. I got a lot of that last night. Oh, he doesn't want to play here. 
Oh, he didn't want to be here. Get him out of here. Hey, let me first tell you, jackass, of something here, okay? Let me first let you in on something. You want him to be as healthy as possible. And you don't want to just give him away. You want to try to get something out of it. You guys do understand the situation right now. They are in a rebuild. All right? It's going to look like that most of the year. And I told you that. You have to embrace the little things with this. You do. Embrace the little things from last night. You saw Tyrese Halliburton have a good game. I think everybody liked Benedict Matherin and what he did in his first game in the NBA last night. A couple of things you can grasp. Yeah, others not so much. But it's going to be the little things this year, and I've said that all along. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for you to hang in because most of the nights with this team will look exactly like last night. I was talking about this a little bit earlier. Maybe the Wizards come out of the gate, and maybe they're at this moment good. I just don't know how sustainable that is. And I certainly thought it was more because of them or because of the Pacers than most because of them. Uh, The Pacers did keep it interesting. But we got last night, other than I didn't expect Miles Turner to step on the foot of a ball boy and be lost for a week, what we got last night was pretty much was essentially what you're going to get the entire season. So get ready for it. And I wanted to griping because I put it out there. I said, listen, are you guys going to hang? I said, listen, are you guys going to have patience? Because this is what this is going to be. And after the first game, oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> like last night, it was funny. Because I, I start blanking with the people a little bit last night, just for my own enjoyment, nothing over the top. I mean, nothing that was a-hole worthy out of me. Don't get me wrong. But I started blanking with people last night about it. And somebody, I think it was uh, Jason, that sent me a tweet. And he said, so what are you going to do last night? I mean, you're so close. And that's a beatable team in your home opener. I mean, you talk about letting a must-win situation go by the board. And while I understood completely the sarcasm in that, when I retweeted and said, yeah, I know you really had to have that one, others essentially did not get that same sense of sarcasm. Well, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Said, hey, I know the situation. I understand the situation. Again, if you don't want to drive yourself crazy regarding this, you are going to have to just hold on and then embrace these little things. And I know for a lot of you Pacer fans, you might be bent out of shape because it's a struggle for you to watch or you're paying this or they're not going to be any good this season and you want them to be good right now, or you want this, maybe you thought that magically starting where they're starting right now that they would somehow surprise. Well, they're not. They're not. And it's going to take most of your patience to get through the season because a lot of the nights will look just like that. A lot of the nights will look, you go back to the 80s, and this is a playoff analogy here. But you go back to the 80s, and I'll give you a Western Conference playoff analogy. Every single year, it seemed, with the exception of, what, 81, with the exception of 86, most part, right, every single Western Conference season, they go into the postseason, and you end up getting the Lakers, and the Lakers would be matched up with the Nuggets, and you'd have, you know, Fat Lever and Danny Shays. And it would be an interesting back and forth, and the Nuggets would hang in, the Nuggets would make it close, and then what would happen? The Lakers would pull away. The Lakers would win. 
the Nuggets would make it interesting. Walter Davis and the Suns back in the day, they would also make it interesting. Hey, Cam, can you go back to where I was initially here? Because all of a sudden I kind of lost my ears a little bit right there. Just a little bit more if you wouldn't mind. That's uh, Cam, the on-site engineer, because I'm one that doesn't hear very well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That is perfect. But you go back to those days, and the teams would get close and then end up losing. And that's what you're going to see a lot of this year. You're going to have moments where you're thinking, man, Halliburton is going to be a dude. You're going to have moments where you're going to think Matherin is going to be a dude. And you're also going to have moments where you're thinking, all right, so Miles Turner doesn't play last night. Why does... Isaiah Jackson not get more minutes. Why only 16? You're going to be questioning a lot. You're going to be trying to find anything whatsoever that is the least bit embraceable, and you might as well get ready for it because that's exactly how it's going to look most of the season. Some nights will be better than others. Some nights they'll be even more consistent. Some nights, in fact, you'll go, wait a minute. Somebody like you, JMV, is completely underselling how good this team can be. But alas, I'm not. That is what you're looking at this season. And you have to, as I mentioned earlier, embrace the embraceables. We'll talk to JJ about that coming up here in a couple of minutes with the Pacers opener last night at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Got two more coming up Friday and Saturday, and then they embark on a five-game road trip again to start the season. Here's the other thing. Um, I brought up uniforms yesterday right kind of at the beginning of the show was kind of a throw-in throw-away type of comment uh, regarding night number one you know how I like you guys know me I like retro things I swear to you I will buy a bag of Doritos if it has a retro bag and that's all that matters it's all the same crap inside the bag but if I see on the shelf if I see a Doritos bag that has the window to the fatness the window to the bad health that shows me all the orange powdery substance that ultimately will end up on your fingers when you dive into that bag. If there's a window on that bag, I'm buying it. I will basically buy anything retro. Kyle Unimart back at the studio can tell you just that. Anything retro, I'm down with. I am down with uniforms retro, and I am down with original. Normally, I'm not down with this new stuff. Uh, we got to come out with a new uniform. This is an alternative. In this case, this is the city. Normally, that's not me. So last night, I think it was last night, right? I know originally J-Law sent this to me, and then I think Alex Golden also sent it to me and asked the question, I don't like these uniforms. What do you think? Apparently, it's the leak. There is a leak of the Pacer City uniform. And I don't know if it's because I just know what the season is going to be, and if you're going to try out, a uniform where so far with this leak, most of the people aren't very happy with, it might as well be this year. If we're trying to figure out the design, and I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't know. It's it got some yellow, and it looks like something construction. Um, and I had mentioned to Kyle back at the studio before I walked down here to coaches, it almost it has that casket feel to it. It's kind of weird looking. And then everybody, at least from what I have seen via social media, everybody's piled on and everybody hates it. I don't, which is different, right? Because normally I do. Normally I go, oh, man, that's new. I don't, I don't want any part of new. Give me retro, give me original. But I didn't mind that. And if you're going to try out stuff like that, you might as well try it out this particular season. No, I mean, it's not one of those things where you have a do-over. But this is the price that you pay 
for all of you that wanted the Pacers to do just this. It's the price you pay. You know, it's kind of interesting getting back to Miles for a minute, too. I'm going to get Brent Holverson in here. You know, week seven, our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots coming up. But I believe, I'll ask JJ this, did not, Kyle, do you remember, didn't Doma Sabonis also turn his ankle, roll his ankle in warm-ups and miss a game or two not too long ago when he was here? Do you remember that? No, nothing that uh, Am I just making comes that my up? mind quickly. I thought he did. I'll ask JJ that. JJ certainly would know that. Uh, we're live at Coach's Tavern. We're downtown. We're looking for you because me, Brent Holverson, Tommy S., when he joins us, we have our Week 7 Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. You've got NFL Week 7 starting coming up later on tonight featuring New Orleans and Arizona. I really don't know how that's going to be. You look at it right now and you go, wow, these two teams, and they can have some offense, and it may be fun, but you haven't really seen that from either one yet this year, especially Kyler Murray in Arizona. Brent Halverson joins us right now. First things first, how did we do last week? Uh, John, I think uh, you, Nally, and Miller all went 7, mm. 6, and 1. So right on. on the winning side, right? I was off a notch, uh, 6, 7, and 1. Uh, so brings the, uh, the yearly totals to you're at 48%. I'm at 52%. So we're right there. It was a I'm rough week last week. trying to track it down. It was a rough That's week ex- That was kind of what I got in geometry. <laughs> Back my sophomore year, I was hovering around the 48% mark. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I was right there. I was in, in the neighborhood. We're in it. That's one of the reasons why I think I got sent. I got punted back to consumer math because of that. Consumer yeah, math. Yeah, that's how I learned how to write checks at Eastern <laughs> High School. Okay. That's what you need to get Which, by, right? That's what, yeah, especially now when we write so many checks. Who um, uses algebra, by the yeah, way? Well, yeah, never, <laughs> never. Uh, anyway... Tell me a little bit about what you're thinking regarding this week. Well, I tell you, I mean, tonight, again, uh, pretty, uh, not a really sexy game, mm. but uh, it's, it's, it is a little bit for me. DeAndre right. Hopkins is back. You know what? I think he might bring a little bit of life back there. And, uh, you know, you got the Saints tonight. They're without Landry, Thomas, Lattimore. So they're, they're depleted a little bit. I think Dalton is still planning on starting, right? I haven't yeah. heard anything change on that. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, a, again, rough week uh, being a Packer fan, man. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Vision of the Jets at home. That was tough. I think the best thing they did was Lazard grabbing the cheese head thing. Is knocking, that, knocking it off his was, head. Was what Sauce Gardner did such an, an egregious thing no, in Green Bay? Not at all. Somebody threw him a, a cheese head. Liz, Lazard cool. got all bent out of shape about it. You know, he said it was all in good fun. And he, oh, you know, yeah. he walked by and just flipped it he off. He did flip it right and off. I thought, of it was pretty, I thought it was cool. Not in my house kind of thing. You know? So but, uh, this Thursday night, Amazon Prime game, it, the only thing that we got to make sure that we can do tonight, Brent, Will we satisfy with a level of play Al Michaels? Because if he doesn't go satisfied, we may end up losing him here. Right? <laughs> we We've had back-to-back weeks where he has not been satisfied with the level of play. So you think that the Saints and the Cardinals will satisfy long-time elite-level play-by-play man Al Michaels tonight. That's you, all that matters. you got to hope so, right? I mean, Because yeah. he's, he's one of the best, right? And we, yes. We've got to have him around. He just makes football football when you're listening to him. So, you know, and I, I really think, you know, Arizona's underperformed this year. Uh, the Saints, they have as well, but they've kind of been depleted. And uh, I think tonight you're going to get a little bit of, uh, I think you're going to get a little Cardinal action back in, back at home. I think we might see some fireworks. Total set at 43 and a half. Yeah. So not looking to be a big shootout, but, uh, you know, you got uh, Kyler Murray's finally got a weapon back there. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing well, what I mean, uh, yeah. the Well, I mean, yeah. And then he, I mean, they went out and, you know, they, they lose Marquise Brown. 
You know, they've had Hopkins there. They've tried various things, but uh, the offense right now just has not been working. I don't know if Robbie Anderson is going to be enough to inspire this offense the way that it's looked. I, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I think it'll be fun to see uh, Hopkins get back on the field. Got to give it a try right, right there. Brent Halverson, think about some other games. Yep. We'll bring you back on in a little bit. Tommy S. joins us coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. I've got free samples. I should say... Brent has free samples flowing. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Coaches Downtown. We would love to see you downtown here today. And our picks are coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Bob Kravitz in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell on the 5 o'clock hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, Valley Sports Indiana, he does the pregame, he does the end game, he does the halftime and the postgame. Jeremiah Johnson joins us. Was um, I remembering effectively that Domus Sabonis also at some point in his Pacers career stepped on something or stepped on somebody or had something happen rolling of the ankles in a warm-up pregame-wise and had to sit? You thought correctly. I thought maybe it was a couple of years ago, but I did some some fact-checking while I heard you talk about that just so I'd be accurate. It was March of 2018, and uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, that was a situation where he had sprained an ankle, and it was the game he was set to come back, and then he retweaked it. So in situations like that you know your ankle may not be quite as strong and maybe if you if he didn't have that previous injury he would have been able to walk that one off Uh, but that caused him to miss that game and I don't know how much more time but that it it did bring back memories to what happened at Amontes you don't see it often but you do see people go up for rebounds or go up for shots and land on ankles you just don't expect it and shoot around a really unfortunate and as Rick Carlisle said today unlucky situation for Miles Turner. So JJ from Bally Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. That happened at about 5 o'clock yesterday because 33, as 33 will do, dedicated to the team, and his ass is out there earlier than anybody else, before anybody else. That's something that I know. He's out there because he's a major part of this team. Is there any video? Did you guys have anything rolling on that that we know about, that we have seen? I asked someone today, and I got the answer that there wasn't any. It's one of those, you know, sometimes there is video. Those are those are not real warm-ups necessarily. Those are some individual shooting sessions. And so I think the time that Sabonis had uh, sprained his ankle, we did have video and had to talk with the team. And obviously you don't want to out the ball boy in that situation. Yeah. But I don't believe there's any video of this one. I've not seen or heard of any. But I, the one thing I do, I do think is important to say, and I heard you – accurately describe the situation there's no way this would have happened on purpose miles turner wanted to play in this game i could tell in talking with him today just how disappointed he was he had family in town he'd been working since january to get back on the court and play in an nba game there's no way he would not have wanted you know to play last night and the other thing that he said which was brought up to me last night as well is that you know he had a foot injury but this is strictly a sprained ankle it's not related to the previous injury that kept him out. So while unfortunate, it is a little bit of a bump in the road. And if he he was out six months, seven months, however long since he last played a regular season game, if you add another week onto it, it's not that big a deal. It's just unfortunate the timing because they were looking forward to seeing what he could do with this lineup this season. Yeah, well, and you, know, you can look at it, and I know how you're going to look at it, but there's a section of fans and those that cover this team that kind of – you know, where they are right now, you kind of at, at times, you know, hope that you're competitive. But, you know, in the win column, you know what I mean? Maybe not. And, you know, had 33 been out there, you get a seven-point loss and you're down by three and have a shot at, at tying it. You know, maybe something's different. So what stood out to you last night as far as good play, 
higher level of play is concerned, excitable with this particular team, starting with both Halliburton and the rookie Benedict Matherin and what they showed in game number one last night? Well, the first thing is you can tell the difference between a regular season game and a preseason game. I mean, Washington brought up the intensity level. They were a really physical team, and and taking Miles Turner off the court, it made it challenging at times for the Pacers' front court. They're already going to have some issues with teams maybe – you're like the Knicks in the regular season and, and some other teams that are built with a physical front court. And so when you take miles away, it was difficult. It was that much more challenging to get to the basket and finish. In the preseason, the Pacers had a lot of success in the points in the paint category, both you know for them and then defensively. And they didn't have success in either area uh, without Miles Turner, but also with the length that uh, Washington played with in the physicality. But with those two players that you mentioned – you go into a season thinking you're going to spend a lot of time talking about Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, and the good thing is they did nothing to disappoint. Uh, maybe some turnovers, like I said, a little sloppiness, maybe some nervousness from Benedict Matherin early on, but you saw enough glimpses and flashes and just overall productivity uh, to think that it's going to be fun to watch them grow and develop, and I think even more importantly, grow together. With the time they were on the court together, it was fun to watch. So JJ joins us from Bally Sports Indiana Pacers again coming up tomorrow night actually back-to-back nights Friday and Saturday night at Cambridge Fieldhouse and then off for a five-game road trip after that were you surprised that 16 and 10 respectively clockwise is all that Isaiah Jackson and Goga got last night with Miles not being able to play um you know, it was an interesting decision for Rick Carlisle of once Miles Turner was taken out of the lineup, you have to make a pretty quick decision of who you're going to put into the starting lineup. He acknowledged as much today that it was maybe matchup related that Kyle Kuzma as Washington's four, um, you know, maybe Terry Taylor was better suited to guard him and run around and chase him, and that may have factored into it. Foul trouble is always a concern with Isaiah Jackson. And so um, really the entire front court was battling through foul trouble. Jalen Smith was as well. Um, the, the total minutes, Goga did not surprise me because if not for the injury, I'm not sure whether he would have been in that rotation or not. And so you don't automatically bump him up to a, you know, a 25 minute per game uh, situation. So um, it, it's one of those things. I think even when everyone's healthy, there are going to be some nights, maybe it's a Goga night off the bench. Some night, maybe you get a little more from Isaiah Jackson, but I do think you're still, you're still thinking big picture with Isaiah Jackson. So there are going to be plenty of opportunities for him. And maybe if there's a smaller front court, he really is able to take advantage of his lob game and, and really finish inside there. Were, it was a lot uh, more difficult against the Wizards and so maybe that didn't help him as much with with the minutes but we're going to see different combinations you're going to see a lot of experimentation so there are going to be some nights you could always look at the box score when you've got 11 to 12 guys that are going to play or that are capable of playing and say on this night this guy didn't play as much but maybe the next night they'll get that opportunity. JJ's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline I tell you what you knew absolutely and fully the NBA was back last night because of how many times we got to see Scott Foster go to the monitor. I mean, it just felt like home again last <laughs> night, didn't it? That was awesome. And my uh, my seat is really close to that monitor, so I have to really be careful to be stoic and not provide any uh, oh. expressions for or against whatever calls are made. But there were a few replay reviews, and honestly, there were a couple of times that I thought they could have gone to the monitor when they didn't, when Pacer players were – we're hitting the face or the head, but you'll just have to get used to some of those things. The one thing that we didn't see that I expected to see on opening night, and I'm really surprised, 
was I, I don't think we saw any of the take fouls called. And I've seen it around the league yeah. happen quite quite a bit. We didn't see any last night, and I think guys are quickly learning you can't just make a foul to stop a fast break. We'll see them probably in the first couple of weeks, but maybe it'll be something that is just removed from the game, and, and that's a good thing. But those are also calls that aren't going to be reasons to go to the monitor. If so, that would be a bad change. But I think they, they have to see it. They have to call it and be confident with the call. Um, but we didn't see any of those calls last night either. He ended up with 16 last night. I thought Jalen Smith had a bit of, of, of a first-game struggle, and, and Duarte had some struggles, I thought, when he was on the floor last night too. You agree? Yeah, you know, I think that with Duarte, I was really excited if, going into the season to see if Buddy Hield's on one side of the court and he's on the other and Tyrese Halliburton is finding them. I wanted to see him get some of those open looks, but I just never really felt like he got in any kind of rhythm, especially if you think back to what he was able to do one year ago but uh, you know it's one game of 82 and then at the end of the game maybe he would have had a chance to make some plays late and he had to leave due to the facial contusion so I agree with your sentiments but I'm not going to hit the panic button on Chris Duarte yeah. just yet I I did uh, I did note the improvement during the game from Jalen Smith because at halftime and I think he's probably the one individual player that I'm watching right. most this season to see how he'll fit in uh, the first half was not good. He was in a bit of foul trouble, just did not look comfortable, but then really looked like a different player in the second half. So that's a positive sign. And also, you have to acknowledge that he's really been playing alongside Miles Turner most of training camp, really playing the four, primarily playing the five. Those are interchangeable at times, but different responsibilities. And when he's the five against a team like Washington, uh, there are going to be some ups and downs over the course of the game. JJ with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Bally Sports, Indiana. And uh, how about the uh, the gangs going back on the road coming up after this weekend, right? The whole gang is going back again. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, first road trip for me since March of 2020. The last mm. time I broadcast on the road in person was at Dallas. It was the end of a long road trip, and I can remember towards the end of that trip getting my temperature taken quite a bit and being told maybe I shouldn't go out to dinner and here we are in uh, the fall of 2022 and I, I tell you what I'm looking forward to it I know my family's still getting used to coming to grips with the fact that I'm going to hit the road on Sunday and be gone for nine days but it's so much better and easier and just it's, it's the way to do the job is to be in person so I'm glad that we are allowed to go back on the road and that we have the support of the team and also the network to do so so Chris and Quinn and I will be on the road, and that'll be uh, an interesting five-game road trip that starts in Philadelphia on Monday. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think here. Philly, I know Chicago's a part of it. Brooklyn a couple of times. Who else am I missing? And then an- another game against Washington. So it's all Eastern yeah, Conference, yeah. but it'll be, it'll be Philly, Chicago, Washington, and then end with two games against the Nets at Barclays Center, including the last one on Halloween night. So Uh, I'm told next week it's supposed to get a little bit warmer than it's been, so maybe some of these cold-weather cities won't be quite as chilly. But either way, it will be great to be on the road. I think we can kind of get to know some of these young players just a little bit better, see some chemistry start to form, and and hopefully give everyone solid broadcast for that five-game trip. So Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. He's a part of the group, he and Chris and Quinn. And Eddie and the gang do a great job, did a great job last night of firing that bad boy up here for the first time this season. Pacers lose 114-107.
And uh, they'll go at it coming up again uh, tomorrow night and Saturday night right here downtown at Cambridge Fieldhouse. JJ, I appreciate you hopping on here as well. And with that Sabonis knowledge, because it did occur to me, actually, I was talking to your colleague, Chris Dary on my way in, and we both came to the conclusion that, yeah, that's, that's what happened to Sabonis as well before one game. It definitely, so. yeah, it definitely happened. I just don't know whether how often it happens elsewhere around the league, but to happen to two different Pacer big men in the last four to five years, probably more than average, but not unheard of. And so when you heard it happen last night, it was just like, really? Are you serious? And then the good news, though, today is that it, it's not going to be a long absence, and we can look forward, hopefully, to seeing him very soon. Didn't sound like that uh, Rick knew last night initially, did he? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. He's got meetings. He has different places to go. And and the players, it's not a team workout that he was injured in. So perhaps he had not even seen anyone at that point. And it, I was in the press room when, when he was asked about it. And it, it took took us all by surprise because we weren't out on the court. We had our broadcast meeting prior to, to that press conference. So, yeah, it looked, it looked to me like it was it was news to him at the time. But it had obviously just happened. All right, JJ, I appreciate you, man. Great job as always. We'll do it again next week. All right. Thank you, John. It's uh, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, Bally Sports Indiana, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Pacers lose 114-107 last night, getting San Antonio coming up uh, tomorrow, I believe. Hey, who's in here on Saturday? I don't have that in front of me right now. I probably should. But I know they have three. They start out the season with three straight on the road, or I should say three straight at home and then go out for five on the road. So we got, uh, what am I looking at here, fellas? I got uh, San Antonio, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the Jaden Ivey game when he was here. That's the one I forgot about right there. And then, as I mentioned with J.J., Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, Washington, and then Brooklyn a couple of times as well. Before they get back home, we're downtown at Coach's Tavern. Tommy S. is with us. Brent Holverson's going to rejoin in the second inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I see you guys working there as well. Cam's the on-site engineer. Back of the studio is Kyle Unimark. Week seven of our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots. Here they are before me right now. We'll get to that. Bob Kravitz, 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell, 5 o'clock hour. Tomorrow's show on the road on the northeast side. I'll tell you where. And then if you stop here like my man Billy... Billy Bowman's in the house. It is free sample Thursday. Free sample Thursday here at Coach's Tavern. We'd love to see you. Brent rejoins. Tommy S. is going to be here. Locks and shots coming up at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down. Cause my- 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is the clash, everybody. Mm-hmm. Train in vain, I think, is right at the top of the list of my favorites from the clash. Cam's the on-site engineer. Kyle Unimark's back at the studio. I love Jeremiah Wheatley. I have to absolutely disagree. I don't know about other shows because I don't really care. I just care about this one. Local sports radio is going to ruin the excitement of the fun this young and talented Pacer team has. Let me stop you right there. No, this local radio show is going to make sure you truly understand the reality and you're able to embrace the moments that are embraceable because there's going to be a whole lot of suckage going on. All right, a whole lot. 
I just want to make sure that you're level-headed and with what you're dealing with. There's nothing like trying to drive people away. If I was trying to drive people away, I'd say, hey, JJ, don't even come on here. Hey, look at Miles. Hey, I'm supporting Miles, and I'm the only one doing it. How many jackasses I saw last night? Get him out of here. He doesn't want to play. Get him out of here. I mean, come on. He'll get back, and this team is still going to do what everybody, including the Pacers, believe this team is going to do and not be very good and be in the running for, well, I don't know if it's going to end up being win by Yama, but, you know, as they say, I guess we'll find out. This is going to be the, uh, the a good draft for high-level players even beyond that first pick. And, and here's where the Pacers... Here's what the Pacers have to really do. It's unique to them, right? I mean, they're going to have to be able to talk about the excitement and sell their product when they know and we know that most of the nights are going to end up just like that. Just like that. So, now it's not local sports. I don't know what you're listening to, but it sure as hell not this. As if the fan base isn't already struggling to maintain viewership. Um, well, I mean, th- this, that's going to happen. That is going to happen. But again, that's something you're going to have to deal with. If we were really intent on hurting the enthusiasm of the product, you know what we would do? We wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't bring it up. They wouldn't mention it. Because we're in the heart of the NFL season right now. We get the biggest game of the year coming up on Sunday. I'm on a Thursday in week seven, Large City Bourbon Locks and Luna's with tequila shots coming up here at the top of the hour. If, if we were truly out to get them and to temper the enthusiasm of anybody to start the NBA season, we just wouldn't talk about them. Or well, I know that's what I would do because that is a, a sign of you're not really caring about it or you feel your audience doesn't care. But I love basketball, and you guys know that, and I love high-level basketball. And even though this Pacer team is not going to be that this season, we shall still talk about it. I mean, when you think about last night, you know, outside of the miles stepping on the ball boy's foot, I mean, you had some debatable points about you know, playing time for bigs, Isaiah Jackson being one with miles out. I mean, you can look at a lot of different things, but it's not like we're going to stop talking about it. And if we stop talking about it, that's what would equate to ruining the enthusiasm because then it's not there and then nobody really cares. Apathy sets in and then you have a real problem. And that's exactly the issues that the Pacers are trying to guard against right now without question. All right, Coaches Tavern, we're downtown. Brent Olverson is here, too. Tommy S. is in the house. we got Week 7 coming up as well. Anything stand out besides that Packer date you talked about a little bit earlier on this Thursday night or on Amazon Prime? Well, you know, again, uh, speaking back to last week, we had a, a lot of crazy games, right? Just crazy upsets. Uh, you know, a lot of road favorites that got beat outright. Uh, we're seeing a little switch in what's happening here in the NFL. This week's probably not going to be a whole lot, of, a lot different, but uh, we got some good games coming up. Uh, I think that Colts-Tennessee game is just monumental. Uh, it's going to be such a big yeah. game there. So, um, you know, I, I think we've got a good slate of games. And, uh, you know, t- Tommy, your, your Vikings are looking pretty good, my friends. How about that? You're one. just marching on to an NFC possible crown, aren't you? That's what you're feeling right now. You know, this Tommy NFL is. season's gone just as we planned it, right? <laughs> exactly. Everybody had the yeah. Giants, the Vikings at 5-1. Sure. You know, we had Tampa 3-3. Three and three. Sure thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Let me oh, tell yeah. you this. This is what you also have when you have a game-breaking talent at wide receiver. You can start right there. 
I mean, everybody's game plan defensively is just going to soak up and going to be the focus that's going to be Justin Jefferson. Man, it starts right there. It really does. When you have one of those dudes that is so big, I've been trying to preach that around here forever, but that is so big. And, you know, if they, they, if they cover him up, they got Adam Thielen to throw the ball to. Yeah. So they got plenty of weapons. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. they got that. a bye week this week, too, so they got to get a chance to get even healthier than uh, yeah. than they are, yep. which is good. Tommy S. can, like, take the weekend off with the Vikings <laughs> having a, uh, I know, a bye week as well. All right, some other things you mentioned. Green Bay, minus five on the road at Washington. Washington's got to go with, uh, what, Taylor Henneke now, yep. I think, because uh, Wentz is going to be out and for an got, extended period of got time. Rodgers has a thumb injury. I don't yeah. know if you watch the game or not. I mean, you could definitely see it was uh, affecting him. And uh, he didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen today if he has or not. Didn't see any designation on him being, uh, uh, you know, ruling toward getting out. He's going to play, but that's big because he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. So uh, Five-point <laughs> favorite right there, too, man. That's, that's, that's some points tough. right that's there for a, team, like, for a team offensively was struggling anyway. Absolutely. Looked absolutely. like uh, Aaron was struggling. He was under-throwing a lot of receivers last A lot time. of them. And he, it was his thumb bothering him. He kept doing sure. that little thumb mm-hmm. shake, too. Sure. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The only game that really I, I think is going to be a great game just in looking at him is that KC-San Fran game. That's the only, you know, like each week we have a couple yeah. monumental games. This is kind of it. I don't really see anything else on there that really stands out. I constantly have these visions, and sometimes they're inaccurate, but I constantly have these visions of what a game that really stands out to me. And this, because we've been talking so much about, you know, Kansas City being good, but, you know, obviously losing to Buffalo, but still the offense being really good and the offense not missing Tyreek Hill, although I would disagree with that complete, that, that sentiment. Then you had San Francisco last week, yeah. you know, really not looking good against Atlanta. This just seems to me like one of those games where the 49er defense is going to step up against what is a tall order, the Chiefs offense coming up on Sunday. That's kind of what my initial thought is. All right, that's what you're going to see on Sunday. I, I thought that as well, but then I also think, well, Mahomes, what's he do after a loss, right? They come back out and they, they, they come back and play stronger than they were, so you know, you're going to have, uh, again, I think that's why it's the uh, probably the, the best-looking game on the slate that we have for Week 7. Yeah. Uh, Brent Halverson, Tommy S. here with us. Tommy, what do we got as far as uh, deals and greatness and such? I know Brent's got the free samples flowing here. What do we got? Is free samples. Wise? got larceny. Got, uh, got some Elijah Craig. Got some barrel proof. Nice. Might have some toasted barrel. Back oh, there, oh we got some toasted barrel in the house. Are you kidding me here? Yeah, we got larceny back here. We toasted got- barrel in the house. When dudes deliver stuff handwritten on napkins, it's important. Tommy S. is just elated. Minnesota is atop the NFC North. We always will tell you anybody that delivers anything that's handwritten on a napkin. That's important. It's very, very important. What kind of food we got working, too? Tell you what, we got real, we just made some uh, some fresh prime rib for our Philly. No, you did it. Prime ribs in the house? Oh, yeah. Shave it right off, put it on a bun. Wait a minute. Got some hot, hot wings. Uh, I think I just, I may have just been aroused. Prime ribs right in my wheelhouse. Hold on a second. Did you guys see that on YouTube Live? I think there was some arousal right here. How often do you do the prime rib? About three times a week. It's, oh, wait we, a minute. We, we fly through it, so. Prime rib in the house. That sounds it's good. good. That All right, good. what are we, what are we, uh going to do beverage wise just well, uh, stand by you've got your uh, you've got your uh, your your personal I'm favorite, in the house right? with it yeah Larceny ginger ale yep. i've got a little eleven peach and nice tea here just my nice little day drink uh, i think we're going to probably nestle into a couple of little shots yes as we get into I think the that's segment a good right call right there and uh yeah tommy's got a good selection back there of everything so if you're out and about please stop in and see us let me get you a sample. How about I've that? got my shot of the week, fantasy football wise. I was a winner of this. By the way, I dispatched of uh, 
the defending champion, Pam Brown, in a big way. Did you see? I did. I mean, I went, what do they say, ham? I went ham in fantasy football on our defending champion. I mean, all over Pam Brown this weekend. My wide receiver stepped up. Now, the problem I want to have, I say it, and now it's going to, like, turn around and I'll suck this weekend. But, man, I was big, big time over our defending champion this weekend. Now I'm even on the season, and I'm ready to step up and take off from here. It's what the Colts hope for on Sunday. They hope that they play off of that Jacksonville game and take off coming up on Sunday. Same thing for me. Oh, absolutely. You got Kyle right in your sights, too. He's oh, yeah, right I'm right there. Game ahead of you. I'm right but there. You got him on poison just also. It's uh, watch out, Kyle. The problem I'm going to have is we're going to start having bye weeks, and then we all know that my bench is pretty much non existent, and it's just full of rotten full of wide receivers, by the way. So. You got to make a little change. You got uh, Singletary lined up to play. It's I still, know. I got to make, make that. I got to make that change. But <laughs> you can see my shot of the week. Did he? Did I pick up my shot of the week? Here, let me see. Can Drake? Well, they're just yeah. Maybe oh. my shot of the week with the Ravens. Maybe Kenyon Drake because the J.K. Dobbins situation. I mean, a guy that's been there and done that to put up numbers before. Makes you kind of wonder if that's going to be my shot of the week. He, he's that guy that you just you just don't know, right? Like yeah. you're going to shift on a dime. But uh, I think that's a great call right there. That's a, that's a really stellar pick. All right. That's Nicely Brent. Done. That's Tommy S. I'm John. I want to come back. We'll do some calls if you guys want to at 239-1070 regarding last night's Pacer game. If you want to hit on Miles, you can. If you want to talk junk to me, you can. Whatever you want to do. And we'll dive into the Colts Week 7 matchup, which is absolutely a must, a mammoth game down in Nashville coming up on Sunday. We'll talk about that with you. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, top of the hour. Kravitz of the Athletic here in the 4 o'clock hour. Chapel on the 5 o'clock hour. We are just getting started. We're downtown at Coach's Tavern. Join us. The free samples are a-flowing. And as Tommy S. suggested, the prime rib is prime right here. So come check it out. The prime rib's ready to go. Coach's Tavern downtown. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Bullish Brent's hanging and banging with you until the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up, we have artists such as Living Color and the Fine Young Cannibals right now. Here's Roxette, The Look, 89.9 W-R-O-L. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, you son of a guns. I'm so glad you're here. We're at Coaches Downtown. I'm just... Um impressing a Jets fan in here with my old school knowledge of the Jets. I brought up Freeman McNeil and Wesley Walker. I brought up Johnny, Johnny Lamb Jones. I brought up the fact that back in the 90s at some point, I don't think it was always good, but Mark Gastineau lived in Bedford, Indiana. Did anybody know that? Mark Gastineau lived in Bedford, Indiana. I don't know how long it was, but it was for a minute. Joe, Joe Klecko. Um... What is it, uh, uh, Salam? They had the uh, the sack exchange back in the early 80s, too. A little Jets trivia. Why? Because the Jets have been playing so incredibly well here recently. I know I'm going to start to sound like Mike Greenberg, and I don't mean to do that. My bad right here. Coaches downtown. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Lunazul Tequila Shots, week number seven of the NFL. A Pacers last night lose to Washington. They get San Antonio coming up tomorrow night, the first of a back-to-back Friday and Saturday with Jaden Ivey and Detroit coming in on Saturday night as well, and then five straight on the road after that. Miles Turner news today. Rolled his foot, 
stepped on the foot of a ball boy around about 5 o'clock or so yesterday. My man's getting out there early, working hard, honing the craft, and unfortunately, this freak accident with a ball boy happens. So he not only missed last night and the opener, but he's going to miss at least a week. And we'll see if he comes back while they're on this particular trip or if uh, he doesn't come back until they're back home anyway. So that's the latest right there. Got college football coming up this weekend. You got the Yankees and the Astros coming up again later on tonight. That is game two of the ALCS with Justin Verlander striking out 11 last night. If you were watching that game as well and a couple of timely Astros-esque home runs that happened and their stake to a one-zip best-of-seven advantage right there over the Yankees. Game two coming up later on tonight, and game three tied at a game apiece is going to change venues to Philadelphia with the Padres and the Phillies coming up tomorrow night. All right, fellas, ready for our week seven Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots? Anything stand out to you? Anything you want to say before we fully dive in and I can improve on my 48% that I got working right here? 48%. Hey, like you said, uh, well, yeah, better than my geometry grade. That's right. Yeah, I'll that's take right. It. So you got to start there. No, look, looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a good bounce back week. I think this is the week that we're going to see some good stuff mm-hmm. coming around the corner. So all about it. Let's get him started. Tommy S., would you like to add anything before we start? A lot of big spreads this week. Big spreads this week. A lot of big spreads. So. All right, Kyle. I think we've had enough right there. Let's do it. Cue the band. Our week number seven. Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots starts. In Glendale, Arizona, later on tonight on Amazon Prime, we got our fingers crossed, and we hope that offensively this game lives up to the expectations of longtime elite-level broadcaster Al Michaels. That's all that matters. Amazon Prime tonight, two-and-a-half-point favorites, Arizona at home. Circle the Cardinals. They are going to get up off the offensive mat, put something together against New Orleans tonight. I'm taking the Cardinals at home, Brent Halverson. I love it, John. I love it. I'm going to go ahead and start this week off right. This is going to be my double shot, right? I'm going to Larceny lock. Oh, you're shot. locking it's it all, up It's all coming too. in here. Yes. Kick us off Thursday. Arizona Cardinals big tonight. And Lunazul shot, which most teams had them. You're uh, getting had them both out of the way in this first getting game? out of the way. Most teams had them stashed away. Some people didn't. DeAndre Hopkins, big game. He's coming back with a vengeance today. There's your Lunazul tequila shot of the week. Not even Robbie. Is Robbie Anderson playing tonight? He is. Uh, I think he's going to play, yes. He but, just uh, didn't know the plays yet. He, he doesn't he's know the plays gonna, yet. He's, he's going to run like around in the backyard. He's, he's going to run around. And, he's yeah. just a run, mean run guy. Go he's going to ball. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> go, throw the ball, go get. You know, he's got speed. But I'll tell you what, Arizona Cardinals, big time fashion tonight. Uh, lock him up. Larceny lock. Tommy S. has got the prime rib rocking tonight for this game. What do you got, buddy? I'm going to ride with you guys. I mean, New Orleans is uh, kind of beat up. They're missing a lot of guys. Uh, Andy Dalton's not the guy. And DeAndre Hopkins going to give uh, Arizona's offense new life. Lattimore's out for uh, the, the, the big cornerback. Yeah. He's out for the Saints so I, as well. I think you're right. I think, I think Hopkins is going to have a huge game tonight, and uh, Arizona's going to roll. Tommy, yes, prime rib of this Thursday night would be Kyler Murray in the Arizona right there. 1 o'clock to start coming up on Sunday. How about Atlanta? Atlanta has been sneaky good so far. Nobody's paying attention. Their quarterback's Marcus Mariota. Really, nobody cares, but hello to the Atlanta Falcons playing pretty good football so far compared to what we thought. They are six-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road at Cincinnati. Cincinnati hasn't lived up the expectations. You could say maybe last week down in New Orleans they did because they finally got things going with Jamar Chase a little bit there. 
uh, because it's not been the case for Chase in the past couple of weeks. It was in New Orleans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take that six and a half points. I'm going to take the Falcons on the road in Cincy on Sunday. Not a bad decision, John, because they're 6-0 and against the spread. Love it. They have covered every week, which is crazy. It's they like have the a- Detroit Lions that we used to embrace. It is. It absolutely is. But the Atlanta Falcons are 6-0 and against the spread. They're 3-3 three and three straight up. But that six and a half number makes me want to go with the Cincinnati Bengals to win the game by seven. They cover that six and a half. Give me the Bengals, John, to uh, give the Atlanta Falcons their first against the spread loss of the year because it has to switch at some point. All right. You're going to have to. We both are going opposite here. See where you go. I mean, what, Tommy what's Atlanta team is going to show up that, that on Sunday? You don't know. The one that beat the 49ers, the one that got beat by, I think, uh, was it Seattle that beat them? I mean, not Seattle's not bad, but anyway. I think Cincinnati, they got to wake up. Uh, They're going to get out of the slump eventually, right? They have to. I'm on the island right there. One o'clock to start on Sunday in Dallas. The Lions and the Cowboys. Cowboys are seven-point favorites. Um, I have increasingly become, under the urging of watching, I guess, untrustworthy of the Lions. I'm going to go ahead and take or lay the seven points in this case. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. Yeah, I think, the lines I think you're going to say, I don't either. I mean, yeah. we, we, we wrote them hard last year. We've ridden pretty hard. And we put uh, them so away far. wet. Yes. We did put them away wet. <laughs> They're three and two against the spread. They're one and four uh, win loss record. Dallas has got a little life coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dallas wins this game 31 21. I'll take Dallas to cover the seven. What do you got, Tommy? I like Dallas. Dak coming back. Green Bay and Washington. The commanders got to go with Taylor Hineke, the backup quarterback, because Carson Wentz is out. For a number of weeks now, including next week with the Commanders in town here against the Colts. Yeah, the Packers haven't looked good, man. A sweep by the New York teams, losing to the Jets at home. Sauce Gardner rocking a cheesehead hat, and Alan Lazard <laughs> knocked it off his head. You've got all types of stuff, including either a hand or a thumb or some craps going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. Alas, I'm going to go ahead. On the road, the favorites of the Packers. I'm going to go ahead and lay the five and take the Packers in Washington. The Beltway coming up on Sunday, Brent. John, there's all kinds of troubles going on with Green Bay right now, and and, and Roger's thumb just adds to it, right? Sammy Watkins is coming back. Uh, He's going to be out there. Rogers needs as much help as he can get. Lazard can't do it all. He has got not much from Romeo Dobbs like I was hoping he would. Bobby Tanyan's looked great, but uh, I'll tell you what. Bobby Tanyan of Indiana State University. Yeah, your boy, right? Mm. Fellow Sycamore. Um, I'm going to go against the grain here. Give me the Washington Commanders plus five at home against the Packers. That's beautiful. I hope for the Green Bay win. Are you doing by that three? You trying, you're doing that George Costanza opposite yeah. thing here. Yeah, it's a home team, home dog. Packers look horrible. They've looked horrible all year. I mean, there's no offense whatsoever. And you got a dinged up Rodgers. You got the dinged up. We got no receivers. We got a running game that's just it's you know I don't know that Washington team uh, they look a little bit better than. Uh, that five points. I'm going to take Washington plus five, Johnny. I have no job, and I live at home with my parents. George Costanza, he's taking the opposite right now. Tommy, yes, what do you got? I'm agreeing agree with the Halvey. I think Green Bay is going to win the game, but I'm taking Washington in those five. Listen, at Tampa Bay, I think that there's going to be inspiration in Tom Brady's dressing down of his offensive line last week. But, man, 11 is such a big number. But Carolina is going to start a quarterback, P.J. Walker, and there's a great deal of suckitude going on right there, all right? So we've seen it. We know where they are. We know the direction in which they're going. So I'm going to get, go against better judgment right here. I'm going to lay the 11 and take Tampa Bay on the road with a little bit of Offensive line inspiration from the old man, Tom Brady, last week. You know, last week they were a 10-point favorite at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins the game outright. 
Luckily, I was on the right side of that. I, this game here, I'm with you, though. I mean, Carolina's in they're just turmoil. I think you're going to see a big turnaround from that Bucks team, from Tom's speeches. We all saw what he said on the sidelines. Uh-huh. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going on. I think there's going to be a little fire on them. I think they come out and, and, and hopefully get some well, offense going. But Yeah, I'll, and then he, he compared to playing NFL to being military. Yeah. Um, Deployed and yes. that didn't go over too well. That wasn't mother, that so, wasn't yeah. some good comments there. But, but uh, I do think they're going to rebound, Tommy. Yes, what say you? Yeah, I tell you, you know, so over the years when when Tom Brady gets pissed, I feel bad for the other team. Right on. And he is he is not happy right now. So I'll lay those points because Carolina is just god awful. So fellas, at one o'clock on Sunday, it can't last forever. Uh, the Giants, who have been fantastic, surprising, beating out those expectations so far. Jacksonville coming off that loss here last week at Lucas Oil Stadium to the Colts. Three-point favorites in Jacksonville. I'm going to lay the three, take Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville, they're so enticing because they look like they have a lot of the pieces, but they will disappoint you. I just don't think it's going to be this weekend. Take the Jags. Brent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Giants kind of are for real. I watched a little bit of them here recently, and they just find a way. They're scrappy. They find a way to win. I'm going to go ahead. They're 5-1 and one against the spread, and I'm getting three points at Jacksonville against a 2-4 and four team, 2-4 and four against the spread. I'm going to take those points, John. I'm taking the Giants plus three on the road. I look for them to win outright and hey, go Tom, to 6-1. Tommy, yes, is feel good for Brent. What do you got? Well, you know, Jacksonville, I think, is who we thought they were. So I'm, I'm with Harvey. I'm taking those G-men. All right, here we go. Cleveland and Baltimore, 1 o'clock within the AFC North on Sunday. Baltimore, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. All right, I'm going to not only lock this up, same game just like you did. I'm going to lock this up with the Ravens. And listen, I know I'm not supposed to say that anymore, but hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) Six and a half point favorites, and Lamar Jackson didn't play very well. And I know this because he's my fantasy quarterback, and he put up these stratospheric numbers, and then recently, not so much. We're going to see a rebound there. So that is my Larceny Bourbon Lock of the Week and my Luna Azul Tequila Shot of the Week. Hello, everybody, to Kenyon Drake. That's a name that you know. You remember him with the Cardinals. You remember him with the Raiders. He's getting another life, so to speak, of playing time, of snaps in Baltimore with the J.K. Dobbins situation. Give me Kenyon Drake as the... Luna Zul Tequila, shot of the week. Brent Halvers. John, I love them both. Great love calls. It. Great game to lock up. There's a, there, lot, there's a bit of love fest right here, my friend. <laughs> love the Luna Zul shot of the week with Kenyon Drake, too. I think you're on to something there. I absolutely love Baltimore in this spot. Baltimore, 30 to 20. They cover the six and a half. Give me the Ravens. Tommy S. I think the Ravens find a way not to blow a game in the fourth quarter this week. <laughs> it's Cleveland. They're not very good. So let's go Ravens. All right, so our dude down there is walking around as a Jets fan with a pup tent in here, so I'd feel really <laughs> bad if I went a different direction. 405 with the Jets on the road in Denver. It's probably more so because Denver is just such a stinking offensive mess, which is probably too bad because their defense is pretty good. But their offense and Russell Wilson, you talk about living down to expectations. Has anybody this season lived further down to expectations than Russell Wilson and what they thought that offense in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, you know him a great deal, Brent, yep. was going to look like not at all a 180. So I'm going to go ahead and take that one point. The dogs on the road or the Jets, 
to make sure my man keeps his pup tin out there as he watches his <laughs> these picks. Give me the Jets in Denver plus one. Brent Halvers. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Jets sitting at four and two against spread, four and two on the year, and, and Denver two and four both ways. But uh, you know what? Not so fast. This is the uh, age of Latavius. Latavius Murray's coming back. Latavius Murray, Denver Broncos, little one-point favorite at home. Give me the Broncos to uh, get the win and cover at home. Hello, Tommy. Yes. Yep, going to go with you, JMB. I like those JETs. I don't Jets. you? They, I mean, because Denver's been so bad. I mean, would Russell Wilson get paid $250 million? I'm telling yeah. you. It looks About time like, to earn some money. And it, a couple first-round picks. Did you see last week when middle of the field, wide open, first down, oh, move yeah. the chains? My man wouldn't do it. I mean, he looked like Burt Reynolds in the longest yard of the second <laughs> half right there. He just looks lost out there. Like, right? hey, wait a minute, you know. Yeah. We know that we know Burt. You know, they framed Burt up for that with caretaker situation in the cell. And it kind of looked like Burt until he came to his senses. Maybe Russell Wilson will, but he certainly hasn't yet. Denver's defense has been really good. But give me again the Jets. 405 coming up on Sunday. You got Vegas at home versus Houston. I can't trust Houston for anything, even with seven points. I know. Josh McDaniels, that's scary as a proposition, too. Lay the seven. Give me the Raiders at home, Brent. I've been looking for this Raider squad all year, John, and they just haven't done it, sitting at haven't one and four. Uh, but you know what? Getting a Houston team coming into Vegas. I'm going to go ahead and join you there. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders to cover the seven at home. Tommy S. Is Devontae playing or are they suspending? Do we know yet? Devontae is playing, yeah. as far as I know. I have not yeah. seen anything on the suspension. Well, we got to roll with you guys in Vegas. Why not? All right. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots, Week 7. The Chargers, man, we're, we're Monday night game. You expected some offense. Didn't get a lot of offense. They squeaked by on field goals. You did another ugly game. And then you enter Seattle, and Seattle can win ugly. Seattle can paint you a finger-painting portrait and make it look beautiful when it comes to a win right here. They're getting five and a half points. I got to take it. That's way, way too enticing for me. So give me the five and a half and give me Seattle on the road because, listen, there's – okay, Hear me out. There is no home field advantage for the Chargers ever. No. So give me Seattle on the road. Give me those five and a half. Absolutely. Did you hear that tonight, too? I mean, I heard more Denver fans than I did Charger fans. Oh, it's every it was game. crazy. It's just wild. Yeah, Blows my mind. Game. I'm with you here. I'm going to go with the whole finger painting portrait well, you like that, that you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's odd. Little Picasso esque. I'll give you a little Jackson Pollock, everybody. Yes. You guys know what that means, don't you? Right there on YouTube Live. Go I'm going to take Seattle plus five and a half. Look for the Chargers to win the game by a field goal because that's kind of what they've been doing. Give me the plus five and a half. Tommy S., what are you talking about here? Yeah, you know, the Chargers have been kind of disappointing this year. They, they built that great defense with free agents. That hasn't really added up to much. I know they got some injuries. Uh, yeah, like you said, Seattle, just, they, they're scrappy. They find ways. So I'm going to take that five and a half. All right, 425 is a really good game I think we're going to enjoy, right? But San Francisco has been a bit Jekyll and Hyde. At one point, you're thinking this defense is the absolute best in the NFL. And then last week, yeah, they looked the way that they do team-wise against Atlanta. They're getting two and a half points inside the fly of their Levi's. Coming up at 425 on Sunday. All right, I know. Conventional wisdom would suggest that Kansas City's offense is going to be much better. I think it's going to be one of those games where Frisco's defense steps up. Give me that two and a half and give me San Fran at home Sunday afternoon over KC, Brent. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I just in this spot, I mean, and San Fran has a great defense. Their offense can be it's 50-50 it's what you're going to see out there. But I still think Patrick Mahomes, uh, after a loss, Andy Reid, I think they find a way to pull this one out. It's shy of a field goal. I'll lay the two and a half, and I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs on the road to get the W. Tommy, yes. 
Yeah, I think Kansas City, they're going to bounce back. They always do. Mahomes, he's a he's a competitor. He's a warrior. And like you said, San Fran, what, who's going to show up this week? Which team is it? So I like the Chiefs. Did you say the Warriors? That's one of my favorite films of all time. You ever see the Warriors? 1979? I have. I have. So this gang was going to a gang conference in New York City. They're going from Coney Island in Brooklyn all the way to the Bronx. And then the guy that was going to lead all the gangs in New York City uh, got executed by a rival gang of the Warriors, and they had to bop, which meant fight their way back from the Bronx to Coney Island. You ever seen that, Brent? I have not. 1979, That's the Warriors. That's a hell of a thumbnail huh? sketch, right? You're going to watch that I'm going to put that in the, uh, in, the, in the bank. The greatest of all time right there. Speaking uh, by weeks for Buffalo, the Rams, Minnesota, as Tommy has mentioned a little bit earlier, and the uh, unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles. All right. 820 on Sunday night down in Miami. It's a seven-point favorite, the Dolphins, against an absolute disaster. I'm assuming Al Michaels is glad he's probably not on NBC Sunday Night Football because they haven't been any more of a, a bad team to watch most of the time than the Steelers, right? So give me – let me the seven here. Don't give me the Dolphins, I think, on Sunday night, Brent. Yeah, we got Tua back, right? So uh, two is going to be a huge, huge relief to come back here. Pittsburgh coming off a big, big win. This is a letdown spot for them here. I think they overperformed last week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and join you here. Tua yep. back, Miami, lay the seven, and, uh, yep, get the W. Tommy, yes. Yeah, Tua's back, and that offense is real good with him at quarterback. So I'm taking Miami, those seven, or laying the seven with Miami. What the hell's going on in this Monday night game here? You got Chicago, who's getting seven and a half points as a dog on the road in Foxborough. New England's tough to figure out, right? Really tough to figure out. Alas, I'm going to lay in prime time on a Monday night, the seven and a half. I'm going to take Belichick at home over the Bears. I guess it's more untrusting of the Bears than it is anything else. Yeah, they're not good. I mean, they're not yeah. good. They got beat by the Washington Commanders, what, yeah. 12-7 last week at home. They just have no offense. I mean, their defense holds up okay, but... The thing that scares me here is that hook. That's seven and a half, right? There's yep. there's something about that. But old, uh, was it uh, uh, Mappy? What's what's uh, old boy quarterback? Yeah, Zappy. <laughs> Zappy. 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 There's a him. great film in 1982 called Zapp with Scott Bayo and Willie Ames, where Bayo used to had telekinetic powers and would open up the button-down sweaters of a lot of chicks. It was a great movie. <laughs> I love how, breaking out the old movies. Scott, I yeah, love Scott how you Bale is kind of a jackass, but he was great in that film. It was Academy Award worthy. Not only can you remember the movie. Who's in it? You oh, bring yeah. the year out. The year out. Right I mean, here. it's amazing. I'm, I mean, if there was nudity track. in the film, all you got to do is ask me. <laughs> I love Go it, ahead. my friend. <laughs> all right, so you're on New England. I, this game right here, it's just not really. I, I, don't, I don't really know here. I'm not going to play it myself, but. I'm going to go ahead and take New England, but as always, buy that hook. Take it to seven, but uh, New England, I'll take them to get the big win at home against the Ugly Bears. What are you thinking over there, Tommy? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, this is going to be my larceny lock of the week. Oh, lock it up, Tommy. Because the Bears, as you said, are bad. Justin yeah. Fields, is just, he doesn't have, he does not have the skill set to be an NFL quarterback. Not yet, anyway. Uh, New England's got a lockdown defense. It's always hard to win in Foxborough. I'm buying that half point, and I'm taking New England. All right, let's get back to the Colts game coming up in Nashville. This is absolutely mammoth. I think with the Colts this season, I'm one in five with the Colts. That one coming last week. Last week, though. you got your yeah. first, yeah. So uh, maybe, much like everybody told me, I told you so, maybe there is now an infusion of greatness with this team. Here's the problem that I have always with Mike Vrabel. This Titans team is tougher, no matter the circumstances, always tougher injuries a guy gets traded like aj brown quarterback questions questions on the team 
all this comes down to toughness. And Vrabel and company seemingly always get over. And until the Colts, hopefully they do on Sunday, can prove that theory. And really, it's not even a theory. It's the reality. Until they can prove that reality wrong. Tennessee, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Give me the Titans and lay that two-and-a-half. I think you might be on the road to turning things around. You're coming off of the cover <clears throat> excuse me, against Colts last week. Uh, I think you're on a tier two. You got Tennessee off of a bye. They're freshened up. They know this is such a big game within this division. Colts just haven't really looked great. They did get the W last week, which was big. I'm going to join Second in. half, though. Second half. And the half. no huddle was good. Yes. And the offensive philosophy that is changing, Brent, is good. Absolutely. So it's not a hopeless thing. Got to put I it all together. i see more toughness. Yes. And I've just seen more out of Tennessee than I have about Absolutely. Tennessee. And again, like I say, coming off of the bye, I think there's going to have a little bit more freshness there, if you will. This is shy of a field goal. I'll lay the two and a half. I'll take Tennessee with you, John. What do you got, Tommy? Yes. You know, last time you were here at Coaches, we had the Colts getting ready to take on Tennessee. We did. At home. Yes. Colts came off that big win against Kansas City, mm-hmm. saved their season. And we said, this game is high octane. The Colts are going to oh, come yeah. out. And what do they do? Come out uninspired and flat. Yes. And they get rolled out in the first half. Which is every game. So, yeah. But, you know, they won, <laughs> yeah. two, they won two in a row. And here we are again against Tennessee. First place on the line, right? Yes. Winner takes first place. I think the Colts come out and get it done. I'm rolling with the Colts. I'm glad you didn't make this a trio of Titans here. I like that. I think because, the Colts are proven. And I, I told you this. I have, I've been all over the map as far as my picks this year, but I've always been wrong. That's the only consistency with the Colts. Like, I'm one in five with the Colts this season. I just, I'm a non-believer until I see it. Hopefully you do on Sunday, but I've got to see it first. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and again, you turned it around last week, so maybe uh, hopefully you're on yeah, to something here. Right Who on. knows? But, uh, yeah, they just, they, they've got to come out and play that first quarter with more pizzazz. They come out flat, and if they get down, that, that just takes them completely out of it. They've been playing well in the second half. Like I say last week, they look good. Got to start early. Got to start the game that way. I love to see it. And even if they don't throw it 58 times like they did last week, even if they don't play exclusively no huddle like they did for the most part last week, you have to add some variations, I think, to this offense that you take away from that Jacksonville game. That's what I hope I see. And by the way, too, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines back at practice. Shaquille Leonard uh, was back with contact in practice today as well. So things are looking up injury-wise for the Colts as well. Hopefully they can play off of that second half, especially last week. Right? That's big, and you got to get Jonathan Taylor back to his form, what he was doing last year, because that was key. He Once you get that run game going, that's going to allow the – Ageless wonder, Mr. Matt Ryan, to hopefully do some stuff to spread the field a little bit, make some plays. Well, he looked aged. He, he looked he, aged he, less more in the second half. But correct. aged he was. And he yeah. threw, what was he? He was like 49 for 58 last week Didn't or something. get sacked. The offensive was, line played better. And see, that is the key. They go as far as the offensive line takes them. And I thought that offense and that new philosophy, that wrinkle they threw in last week, helped not only the offense execute and get and find some juice and get into a rhythm, Help that offensive line, too, guys. Yep, I think you're right. I mean, and hopefully they'll come out and do it again. Like I say, it's going to be tough to go into Tennessee after a bye for first place. But I uh, hope you're right. Hope we've seen some changes. Hey, Kyle, what do you think about that game on Sunday as we close out our Week 7 Larson Department locks and the Luna Azul Tequila shots? With the way that the uh, Titans have owned the Colts recently, I think it's really hard to take the Colts on the road in this spot. Very, very difficult. You guys are a bunch of non-believers. Like I like that belief you have there. Yeah. Listen, I, it's not like I haven't been wrong about this team so far this year. It's just Tennessee. Just you were looking for it 
in that first meeting here and you didn't see it, it's more difficult for me to see it down there, I guess. It's going to be tough. Tough place to go in and play, like Kyle said. I mean, they're, they're at home. <laughs> they play tough. They always play the cold stuff there. So let's see. That's why they play the games. Man. And it is. Week 7, Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila. The shots get by here for that free sample. It's flowing courtesy of Brent Halverson. You've got great food, and you've got prime rib in the back right here. French dip sliders. French. Oh, hold on a sec. Wait a minute. Those I are might my, have to strap right my alley, in the my shape right here. <laughs> French dip. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, la, la. You got like a dip, right? I like a French yeah. dip right there. Let's do it. Get down here. Coach's Tavern downtown. Large City Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Week number seven. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. We're looking at you. We're watching. We're participating right now as well. The stream, the app, HD radio, and Bob Kravitz of the Athletic coming up on the other side. Mike Chappell a little over 30 minutes away. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. The Ride with JMV. I got nowhere else to go. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Coach's Tavern downtown. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. The product is flowing right now. We got free samples for you. Join us here. Tommy S. told you the prime rib is in the house as well. Brent rejoins us in a second. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Andy Moore, Automotive Group, hotline right now. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic is with us. All right, what did you think about last night, Bob, across the board? Well, I saw some promising uh, things. Uh, I thought Ben Matherin looked terrific. Um, I thought that uh, Halliburton was hunting his shot and uh, was more aggressive offensively than he was than I remember him being last year. And I thought I thought they played hard. They didn't always play well. They're de- defensively they struggled as we suspected they might. But I thought we got what we pretty much expected, which was competitive, spirited basketball that wasn't really that great. And I think we're in for a season of that. And I think that's what we all expected. And you know, pray for Victor Wembanyama. I, I have said for this, and Bob Kravitz of the Athletic joins us. Actually, a friend of the show had tweeted and said, hey, all I've heard today in Sports Talk Radio is just such a downer for this young team and this Pacer team after, after one game. And I, I, my point has been this. You're just going to have to embrace the smaller yeah. things. And what I mean by that is those little victories that probably will not involve winning, you're going to have to really embrace those. And, and if we really – if we really didn't care or, you know, really wanted to, you know, put this season in a bad spot, then we, you wouldn't cover them. Then we wouldn't talk about them. But we will continue to talk about them even if they don't win games because we know yeah, as far as that opportunity, it's going to be few and far between for the most part this season. Im- improvement is going to be incremental. Um, and keep in mind, they lost one of their, you know, two best players, uh, last night before they even got started, which is, uh, you know, I feel really bad for the ball boy. <laughs> How bad does he feel? But, uh, no, I look, if, Indi- if Indianapolis is if – it- if we're such a great basketball state, then we will understand what the Pacers are trying to do and, to a certain degree, uh, support what they're doing because – uh, and I think there's going to be some really good victories this year. I think there are going to be some fun moments. Uh, you're going to get to see Ben Matherin grow. Uh, I realize that Andrew Nemhar didn't play last night, but I really like his game. Um, 
you know, uh, Isaiah Jackson didn't have a big, a good night, but he's going to be a player. I mean, they've got a lot of guys. You just have to look at it through a different lens. And this, this year is not about wins and losses. Well, it's about losses, really. But it's not so much about success uh, or failure as much as it is incremental improvement and, and rebuilding. And, look, people in this town, you know, th- this organization has been to, what, eight Eastern Conference finals since, I think, 94. I mean, they've been pretty damn successful considering that, you know, they're usually near the bottom in terms of payroll. So we've gotten some pretty good NBA basketball around here for a long time. It was time to rebuild. You could call it a tank, call it whatever you want. But this was the right approach to take. And I give them as an organization credit and Herb Simon credit for recognizing this is the way to go. So, um... Bob Kravitz with us. Often people bring this up to me because you've got Vegas and you've got a Seattle potential reload as an NBA franchise somewhere out there. And this is something both you and I dealt with back in the early 2000s regarding the Colts because every year, you know, there was a new rumor about, you know, L.A. wants a team and here's who they want and all this. And then finally that went away. Do you have at all any worry that with if people don't come down and go to games and they have sparse attendance figures again this year, that that may come around as a conversation later on? If if they uh, put a team back in Seattle, uh, you know, if they move a team, not we're not talking about expansion, but if they move a team to Seattle, certainly the Pacers being a small market that's had limited success in terms of, uh, um, you know, putting butts in the seats, attendance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there'll be uh, a, a team that will be considered. I can tell you this, as long as Herb Simon is with us, this team is going nowhere. Now, I don't know about the succession plan. I don't know who would make that decision. I'm assuming Steve Simon. Um, but I can tell you that as long as Herb is, is around, and yes, he's 88 years old, uh, this team is not going anywhere. So, Bob Kravitz of The Athletic with us, and I ask you this because you you know him probably as well as anybody, certainly for a number of years around him. Um, Jim Irsay at the owners' meetings in New York City a couple of days ago being outspoken regarding Daniel Snyder and what's going on in the NFL via ownership with the Washington Commanders. And this was this is my educated theory, and I'm, I'm curious what you think about it. There was a lot to go into, and I think it's because of his daughters. Um, I think it's, you know, obviously because that's what he feels is right. But I also think that he was the lone guy to be outspoken because he kind of used himself and really wants to, to hope to – to take a lead among those higher level NFL owners, you know, a, a verbal lead going into the future with that in mind, do you think he wants to be a leader or known as a leader as far as NFL owners are concerned moving forward? Was that also a part of this you think in your opinion? No, I, I don't think so. I think, I think look, Jim is, is, is an important owner in you know, the scope of ownership in the NFL. But he's not, he's not Jerry Jones. He's not Robert Kraft. He's always going to be a guy who goes to the beat of his own drum. He's going to be a little bit different. I just think this is Jim being Jim, you know, and he realizes, I, I think he said what they were all thinking. He was just the only one who had the, the cojones to say it. Um, I thought it was great. I, I think, you know, being a girl dad, 
uh, and having seven granddaughters and looking at the the really horrendous history of the uh, of that franchise and how they've treated women in particular, I, that would piss me off. I would take that personally. I mean, you should whether you've got daughters or sons, just if you're a decent human being. But I think being a girl dad and having those granddaughters, it it does give you a different perspective. I've got two daughters, and certainly I, I look at those issues uh, in, a, in a slightly different way. So, no, I don't think he's trying to, you know, be more influential. I just think that the Jim being Jim, and should he have said it? Probably not. I'm sure all the owners are pissed off at him, you know, for saying something before the, uh, the, the, the study is out, before the investigation is done. But – he, he's just, you know, he's just saying what needs to be said, and I give him great credit for that. It's Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. His football team in a mammoth game coming up on Sunday down in Nashville. Uh, we were going through our picks a moment ago, Bob, and I, I stated mine this way. I, I can't, in, in good faith right now, even with what they did, especially in the second half, and I loved, you know, the change of scheme offensively. I love the no huddle. I love the shorter pass patterns, which I think helped out the offense and flow and rhythm and helped out the offensive line as well. But in good faith, I can't pick the Colts until I see them finally get over on what has been historically here recently, a much tougher and more of a grinding, regardless of the circumstances, Tennessee team. What do you think? Well, look, Jacksonville went for two, 243 on the ground last week. What the hell is Derrick Henry going to do? Um, so that, that, that concerns me, but more to the point, the way they won last week is not sustainable. You can't throw 58 passes. If you throw 58 passes, you're going to get beat 40 to, 40 to 10 um, against, against Tennessee. So I thought last week was, was a unique situation. Um, but look, until they can run the ball and until they can consistently protect uh, Matt Ryan, not just the one week, I realize they did a great job last week, but until they can do that, I, I just think they're going to have a hard time putting points on the board uh, on Sunday. Uh, I, would, I would take Tennessee every day, all day in that game. Um, you know, uh, clearly it's a game they have to win if they want any chance to, to walk away with the uh, AFC South. But, yeah, what they did last week was, I think, a one-off. Uh, and uh, this is going to be a whole different, uh, a different challenge. You know, I, I agree with the sustainable aspect of it. But I also think you have to take certain, you know, variations from it. And, I, I mean, the shorter pass patterns, because it's something you mentioned and we all know that this offensive line, it's only going to be offensively as good as the offensive line. And I thought more so than even the no huddle stuff, which we know is not something that they're going to do the entirety of the time on Sunday, but the shorter pass patterns, you know, and more of what we saw of that on Sunday, I think is essential. And I thought it helped out that offensive line against Jacksonville that were all over them down in Jacksonville week number two. Right. Well, his time, time to throw is 2.4 seconds. He was getting rid of the ball quick, but Look, uh, you again, not sustainable. Uh, a smart, a smart coach is going to play press coverage. He's going to force them to go go downfield. And I'm not convinced yet that this offensive line can hold up. You know, especially against a Tennessee team that's got Simmons and Danico Autry, who they never should have let go. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. But uh, honestly, I, I like Tennessee uh, pretty handily. If you're if you're asking how I would bet the game, which I'm not going to. Uh, we're live at Coaches Downtown, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Suite Number Seven, uh, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, and from the Athletic Bob Kravitz, who's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, um, about the return of guys coming up on Sunday. Your expectation is Jonathan Taylor back. What about Naheem Hines? And then uh, looking ahead, I guess with Shaquille Leonard having some contact situations too. As of yesterday, what do you think about these guys and the possibility of return? Yeah, you know, I, I have not been out there this week, but uh, reading and talking to Zach and uh, James, it sounds like all three of those guys uh, are, are likely to be back. So that that's uh, that's a, obviously a, a really good thing. Uh, we'll know we'll know a hell of a lot more, more uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'll head on out there tomorrow, and uh, we'll know certainly by game time. Uh, but uh, these might be game time decisions. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, when, whenever there's any question, it's a game time decision because you don't want to play your cards uh, that way. But, uh, yeah, that would make a big difference. I mean, they're not getting the turnovers. Uh, certainly Shaq Leonard would help there. Um, I, I, lo- I really like what Deion uh, Jackson brought them last week. But, again, uh, but you know, he's Jonathan Taylor, you know. I mean, I'll take Jonathan Taylor every day all, all you know, I mean, 24-7, 365. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think, uh, you know, they, it comes down to the offensive line, John. You, you know it. I know. We all know yeah. it. You know, can Dennis Kelly hold up? Uh, can Pryor hold up? I mean, they haven't found a position he can play well yet. Uh, I hate to be nasty toward the guy. He seems like a really nice guy, but he just hasn't gotten it done. All right, before I let you go, you and I have been on the same page regarding the play of Matt Ryan so far. Has that, yeah. to you, been more about Matt Ryan or more about the offensive line play? Well, you know, I mean, look, it's, uh, it, it, they go hand in hand. But, you know, 11 fumbles is not all on the offensive line. Seven interceptions um, are not all on the offensive line. Uh, I give him credit. He played really, really well on Sunday against Jacksonville. But by and large, I don't think he's been a hell of a lot better, if at all, than Carson Wentz uh, through the first, whatever, six games. Uh, I know nobody wants to hear that, but you look at the numbers, and 11 fumbles. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's, you're on a major record pace there. Now, it's, you know, yeah, he's getting hit, but ball security, man. I mean, you're an NFL quarterback. You know, there are times where it can't be helped. But there's also times when you can do a lot better job with ball security. I have not been impressed with Matt Ryan. Uh, I think it's imperative that they use the next draft to go get their quarterback of the future. Uh, If that means that Matt Ryan sticks around another year and mentors uh, the rookie, that's fine. But they have got to get off the quarterback treadmill and they need to do it next year. Yeah, and I think they were going to do that anyway, but certainly that has been escalated because of uh, how uh, that quarterback situation has looked thus far. Hey, Bob, I appreciate it more than you know. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Show up at a live show again sometime soon, man. We enjoyed it the last time out. We'll do real quick. Uh, if you get a chance to check it out, I got a piece about uh, the four-year anniversary of uh, 
the Tyler Trent game in the athletic today. So uh, check it out. Well done, buddy. I appreciate you, Bob. Thank you. See you, man. It's uh, Bob Kravitz right there, the Athletic via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Quick break, and we'll come back. The Lounge via YouTube Live, Coach's Tavern downtown. We've got a large city bourbon locks and Luna Zul tequila shots, and I'll tell you where we're going to be coming up tomorrow. I've got Commander's Colts tickets for you tomorrow. I'll explain. Chapel, top of the hour. Halverson rejoins 93.5107.5. The fan. The Ride with JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Coaches, Tavern Downtown, Week 7, Life City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. Thank you for listening. Thanks for you for being a part. If you guys want to jump on board, I will get some time to get you on the horn here at 239-1070. Coming up a little bit later. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you for joining us, too. Brent Olverson. Heaven Hill Distillery in the house. Tommy S. has got prime rib rocking today. All good. Pacers lose last night to Washington. Back-to-back Friday and Saturday, San Antonio. And Jaden Ivey and the Pistons coming up on Sunday. And, by the way, Miles Turner stepped on a ball boy's foot during warm-ups. He's out at least a week. We'll see if he plays at all on that five-game road trip that comes after that Saturday night get-together with the Pistons. But Miles, at least according to Sham Shrania, a week that he will miss. Got football later on tonight, Amazon Prime, and we just hope that it lives up to the Al Michaels expectations on a Thursday night. The Saints and the Cardinals, 2-4 and four versus 2-4 and four from Glendale, Arizona, coming up later on tonight. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from CBS 4 and Fox 59. Mike Chappell joins us. All right, Mike, I was talking to Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier, and Frank Reich said this week that, that what they did on Sunday is, is non-sustainable. 58 throws by a 37-year-old quarterback, I get. But can they not take certain variations of that offense and put it to good use and help them out, especially that offensive line, more? Will you expect to see that coming up on Sunday in Tennessee, or is it back to something different? Offensively, what's your expectation that you see? It's just a really good question. And what I'd like to know is, remember what, what Frank told us is he was he was kind of hopeful that Taylor would play last week. And then, you know, it was more wishful thinking, he said, but then he couldn't. You know, if Taylor plays last week, did, did they still throw it 58 times or – and he gets 10 of those receptions that Jackson got. So how much of that was where we don't have Taylor, we don't have Hines, we've got to do something. And I think they get both Hines and Taylor back this week. So what do you try to do? 50 passes is not sustainable. Just look it up. I mean, I, I, and I did. The Colts are like 6-25 and 25 all time throwing a ball 50 times. 66, 25, and 1 because of the Houston tie. So it's just, it's not the way to do it, but there are times that it is. Uh, and if, if they, with, with Taylor and Hines back, do they try to go back to more of what they, what they think they want to be with, you know, 60, 40 pass run and really try to feature Taylor? I don't know. There is a place for the no huddle on occasion. We're not going to. This isn't going to be Jim Kelly and the K gun. It's it's just not. They're not built that way. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how they do it. They they want. They need to run the ball some. They just do. 
you know, it's since that opener, they've just not gotten anything done from the running game. And, you know, their, their best player is Jonathan Taylor. So you've got to get more out of him. They've got very little, little out of Hines so far. That's another story for another day why they can't get that done. But yeah, I, I can see mixing in the no huddle. It gives them tempo. And it's one thing that Peyton Manning always used to point out is, it, it, yes, it speeds things up and you can go at your own pace. But what it really does when you do it the right way is it doesn't let the other team sub. You keep their people on the field. And that was what's so cool about when you had Dallas Clark. He was almost a third receiver. And you really force him into bad matchups. And, and Kyle Granson can do that. He's got that kind of skill. Uh, there, there's a place for it. How much? I really, I'm curious because they, they, at their core, while you know, Frank knows they've got to throw the ball x number of times and be aggressive, but he also knows the way this team's built as a run game. I'm really curious how they mix the two now that they're getting their personnel back. All right, I want to go with that story line that you kind of mentioned you save it for a later date because i'm interested i had Deion jackson on the show you know yesterday and, yeah well i mean Deion jackson in the past two games you know up until he got injured looked good and a lot of what he was doing i think people expected it is certainly a consistency a higher level of consistency from 21 so has that inconsistency and I, I know i'm not talking about the game he was injured in denver you know didn't obviously play against jacksonville but we expected a lot more from him. So is that on him or is that on the offense? Where would you lay claim to any blame as far as his results not being what we were told going back to training camp? Well, that's on them. It, it's not him. Uh, and, and if he hadn't got that concussion on that third play, I mean, who knows what his workload would have been. Remember the first three plays were, were to him at Denver. So he would have got a heavy, heavy workload, but it's on, it's on them. It, it just is. And early in the season, everything worked against them. I'm not, I don't want to give him a pass, but so much you fall behind and it, it just was hard to sustain things that they weren't sustaining drives Their plays were down and you're still trying to get Taylor the ball. You're still trying to get Pittman the ball. And it was just hard to work in Hines, but moving forward, they've just, well, how many times have we had this discussion about not utilizing one of your one of your playmakers? And but to do that, to, to really do that, and, and make it all work with Taylor and Pittman and everybody, and and Pierce is coming on. You've got to have X number of plays in a game. You you can't really. It's not conducive to get behind, and you and you just need to get the the, the rhythm on offense. And that's why that with uh, what they were doing with the no huddle. Maybe that is really where a Naheem Hines would step up and really be good. But at the same time, you've got Taylor. And I, I'm not saying he's a problem. He's not. I mean, goodness gracious, 1,800 yards last year on a zillion touchdowns. But, but it, it's, it, it's, so, it, it's difficult to balance throwing the ball as much as you really need to to win in, in this league with getting Jonathan Taylor his touches. Because we've seen he can take over a game. If he gets his 20, 25 touches, or not touches, but carries, and is doing his thing, then they're going to win most of the time because he's that good. So, yeah, it's really curious. And Naheem Hines, it's, it's, 
it's on them for not being able to, to, to get it done, and it will be on them moving forward to make sure that he gets the appropriate number, whatever that number is, the appropriate number of touches, because he, he is that good, and he can, you know, just think if, and, and I'm not even remotely criticizing Deion Jackson. I think he had 10 catches for 79 yards, I think it was. You know, what does Naheem Hines do with 10 catches? I mean, you know, I I just think he's got more explosiveness in him than than what Deion Jackson has. And Deion Jackson's given him two great games, two really, really good games. But he's not Taylor and he's not Hines. I'm not sure if Hines is going to hold up if you give him 12 or 13 carries a game as a running back. But I I just want to see how, not how, if they can can still stay stay somewhat up-tempo and also try to be who they think they need to be, and that's a run team. And this is a good time to do it. This is a good game to do it because I just don't think, unless you go out there and lay the ball in the field like they did last time against Tennessee, the games are going to stay close and it's going to stay winnable because that's how Tennessee plays unless you go out there and have three turnovers again. So Mike Chapel of CBS4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How... How are they going to handle things offensively? Do you think that what we saw uh, with with the uh, no huddle, what we saw with the shorter pass patterns, you know, the adjustments they clearly made in that many bye week with that offense, do you think that had a great deal to do with the successful pass protection that we have seen really for the first time extended period-wise this season? Probably goes hand-in-hand. I mean, if you you look, they really got the ball out of Ryan's hands. Ryan really got the ball out of his hands quick. Uh, and, and, you know, the 58 throws and, and no sacks, you know, that that's the best ratio in franchise history. And I, I looked it up. It's 11th best all time in the NFL. That many throws and no sacks. Uh, but, but I tell you, and not to throw water on the offensive line because they played well, but he still got pounded a couple times. There, there were four or five plays where he just got rocked with the short drop. So there, there's still some issues with the offensive line. But when you can do that, you know, quarterbacks are going to get hit. But when you can limit, you know, the, the free shots and the constant barrage on him, you can see what they, you know, 34 points, and they really look good in rhythm. So I, I think they can still do that. Now, what's missing until the last play of the game was, was shuts down the field. You know, most of that stuff was, was short and crossing and, and used tight ends and all that, which is great. But they still need to, to incorporate – some deep threat, some deep throws, which, you know, we're always nitpicking on how they can do things differently. So it, it, it just shows that this this is another way for them to go. And these crossing routes and the short stuff to, to all these guys, to Pierce and Pittman and, and Paris Campbell, he's played well. It just shows there's another way to do it. And if they can get their running game going, I mean, and, and it's really a big if because the last five games, they've not run the ball well you know, from start to finish. So if they can get back to somewhere close to what they were and have that kind of efficiency in the past game, then then this can be a pretty strong offensive team. But I need to sit more than one game to see that that, that, that can be done, you know, over and over again. Yeah, I bring this up. I think I've brought this up with you before, too. Mike Chappell joins us because Jim Mercer had been so outspoken you know, regarding Tennessee and beating Tennessee, you can kind of tell. Yeah. I've described it as smitten and or jealous 
of not just their their you know recent history success, but the way they play because the way they play is obviously kind of what the Colts wanted to build here, uh, offensively and defensively speaking here. Um, is that true? Do you think it's smitten? Is there a bit of jealousy? Is it more about results or more about the way that they play? Anything there? Probably both. Yes, yeah, smitten. Yeah, yeah he, he likes the way they do it. He's always been a fan of Vrabel. He always has. And I'm not saying they built this team after the way Tennessee does. This is just sort of the way Chris Ballard and Frank Reichert, primarily Chris, Chris Ballard, believes the team needs to be built. Defensive line, tough defense, an offensive line, and and run the ball. And now how would that change if, if a certain quarterback were still here or they, they get a quarterback who's more, you know, more of a, of a, of a steady deep threat type of thing. I don't know, but yeah, it's in, in the fact that Tennessee's won four straight and was it five out of six and all this stuff. And, and really just sort of, sort of taken over the division. And until you beat them, you know, it's the old thing, until you beat the champs, they're the champs. And and it's kind of crazy how this game and, you know, you'll go to your must win and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those that how different the rest of the season is, or at least the immediate part of the season is, depending on if you win or lose. I mean, you, you win and you've sort of got control of the division with a couple of winnable games. Washington and, you know, was it New England coming up? So, so it, it's it you can really sort of set yourself up. We talked about this going into the season, which which they've not done, taken advantage of. But boys, you get beat, and you still got the Tennessee thing. You've got an an, an owner that's PO'd again over the fact you can't beat these guys, and then you're just playing catch up the rest of the way. And you know, I, I went back and looked, and they this, these guys have never won the division with a losing record in the division. It's, it sort of makes sense, but, but, and they've only won the division one time, you know, three and three in the division. So it's just, that's the way you get in. And, and, but you're right. That, that Tennessee thing is, it, it's stared him in the face and he's made his, his feelings known about it. The team knows about it. The coaches staff knows about it. And you, you just got to beat them. And it, like I say, it's not like they're this, it's not that they're the Buffalo Bills and they're going to blow your doors off. That's not who they are. But they just they just kind of roll their sleeves and, and sort of pound on you. And, if you, you know, they smack you in the face. And if you don't smack them back, you know, it's a long day. So I, I think these guys, they understand that. But, you know, mm-hmm. can they do something about it? And until they do, it's there. And until they do, Reggie Wayne can't get up there on the stage and say, well, you know, it's over X number of years, we won 19 19- – and until you, you you end the narrative, it's there, and all you can do is look at it and say, "Yeah, they got us." And that's no, that's no way to be. There's no way to be that somebody's just going to beat you and beat you until you find a way to end it. So, Mike Chapel with us, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Shaquille Leonard. Likelihood we see we'll start with that trio right there on Sunday. Yeah, two out of three. Well, I need to see Shaq play. I, I mean, I would agree. I, yeah. I tell you, I thought, you know, initially we had talked about why not put him on IR because, you know, he, he was going to miss two games anyway, which he has. And I, th- I thought it would take another couple of games to where he could, you know, after having surgery on his nose. But he's back out there. And, you know, if not this week, then next week, I think probably for sure. 
but that's pretty impressive. I, I've not, I've never had a broken nose. I've just got to think to have a broken nose and get out there on a football field and get have people smack your head for 16 minutes would just hurt. <laughs> would just hurt. Uh, the other two, I think, play. I just Jonathan Taylor had a different uh, vibe about him today than last week. He, he just did. And Naheem Hines is, was, was kind of very upbeat in the locker room, and he's been a full participant the last two days. He's just got that last independent neurologist to, to be cleared by. I, he was close last week. Uh, so I I think they're back, and it's just good to finally have your, your, your two guys back. And, again, that's not to disparage Deion Jackson or Philip Lindsay at all because those guys came in and did a pretty good job. But, you know, they're, they're one and two for a reason. Jonathan Taylor had his great season last year for a reason. He's got his picture on the building for a reason. Uh, they're just a different team. They can be a different team when Jonathan Taylor is doing what, what he does. All right. If they lose, how do you view this team moving forward, especially off the momentum I guess you gained in the past two, even with that ugly win in Denver on that Thursday night, but certainly on Sunday against Jacksonville, they lose the workload that they're going to have to make themselves legitimized as uh, a possible playoff team. It, it, it's, it depends on how they lose. I mean, if they go out there and they just get rolled, which I don't think happens, that's one thing. If you go and you play really well and, and Tennessee plays well and they beat you with a field goal at the end or whatever, I, I think they can build on that and there's still reason to believe. Now, if they, if they just get pulverized, you know, or, or, or just they're not, you know, it's not competitive in the fourth quarter. Then there's reason for concern, and I guess it would be what gives. You, what what do you point to to say? Well, you know, last half of the year they can come back because of what? Well, it depends on how you play. If you play well and get beat, then you can still build on that. Although the task is just going to be as hard as you know, no matter how you play. But as long as they play well and and lose, I could I could still be optimistic. Uh, if they lose and, and just have one of those Jacksonville games or where they just don't play well, what gives you the, the optimism to think they can come out of it? But I I don't think they win Sunday, but I'm not going to be surprised if they do because I, I just I do think that 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 if they can, if they can just keep those turnovers and the sacks down, not turnovers down, you know, get rid of the turnovers and keep sacks down. I like this team with what we saw last week, but. Again, I've got to see it more than just one afternoon. Hey, Mike, before I let you go to Frank Reich, I think it was on Colts Roundtable Live with Matt Taylor back on Monday, uh, went the I told you so route with this wide receiving group <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, I, it, It's funny because you hear the preaching of patience from coaches, whether it's, you know, executives, whatever. And then, you know, we did have a, a sample size basically this year, especially of, you know, six weeks, and it goes back four years from me. Is, is it time with that particular group, you think, to be able to hand out those I told you so's for those that maybe were non-believing like me, certainly in the offseason? No, I'm, I was one of those non-believers, too. I think he was having fun, which is fine. But, no, I, I, I'm I still not. The thing is, the offensive line issues have been so immense that I thought, you know, receivers aren't so bad. They're playing pretty well, and the tight ends are playing well. So that those two areas that we were concerned about have played pretty well. 
But, boy, you get past the first three receivers, and who? Who's your fourth? Ash, you really miss Ashton Doolin. Uh, but I really like Pierce. I really like Pittman. And I really like Paris Campbell. We're still waiting for Paris Campbell's big game. But I still don't like the depth. I mean, we saw what happened when Pierce and, and, Pier- and Pittman were both out early in the year. And, you know, any team loses their top two guys, it's going to hurt. But I'm still not crazy about the depth at receiver. And, and at some point, you're going to need your fourth and fifth guy to step up. And we've, we've really not seen that really be, be – for them to be able to do that yet. So, I, so far they've played well with those guys. In the last few games, these the top three guys have been really, really good. But, yeah, I, I'm still concerned. And it, it's, it's the top-to-bottom depth that always concerns you because somebody's going to get hurt because somebody always gets hurt. And I'm not real confident on the fourth and fifth receiver right now being able to step up and give you six for 80 or whatever when you really need it. I actually felt like I got I told you so a couple of times this week from the Colts head coach <laughs> and then from the fans out there regarding Matt Ryan. And I don't think I've been wrong about his shortcomings while I also realize that a great deal has to do with the offensive line, you just can't look past 11 fumbles and, right. you know, seven interceptions through the, what, first six weeks of the season. So uh, that, I don't know how else to view it, but did we kind of see maybe a, uh, a a transition for the better from him on Sunday, or might that just be a blip on the radar? We'll see. It, it's so week to week. I've not been as harsh on Ryan as you have uh, because I, I – I, I, I put so much of, of, of the bad play on the offensive line and where so many times he had no chance. And then he goes out and throws a couple of just dumb interceptions and it just throws my defense of him out the window. But I, I, I think, you know, but, but again, they, they can't live on 50 passes and 389 yards from, from Matt Ryan. They just, that's just, that's going to get you beat. That's going to get you beat and over the long haul. And, and they know that, but I think he's played, Boy, it's, it's so. It's kind of like the old. Uh, how'd you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? Well, okay, except for the gunshot. You know, I, I think except for the turnovers, he's played pretty well. He, he, he's brought them back to win in position five games, uh, even the Tennessee game earlier. You know, they, they win at Houston if a kicker kicks a forty-two yard field goal. So, so he. But but then at the same time, he helped put him in the spot to trail in those games. A lot of these fourth quarter come, coming backs by all these quarterbacks is because the quarterback, you know, puts you in a position to come back. But I think he's played well, mostly, but you cannot survive with what you had 11 fumbles and seven interceptions. And you no, can't do it. Can't, I, yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You can't do it. And, but if he cleans up his act like he did last week, by and large, I, I think this offense can be pretty good. It's Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. We'll see what happens in Nashville coming up on Sunday. And then, as we always do, Mike, react and respond accordingly. That's what we thereafter. do. Yeah. That's what we do. Accordingly is what we do. Thank you, buddy. You Have go. a great weekend. Next week. It's a Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Any of you jackasses out there think I just say stuff to say stuff? Seriously. Are there really jackasses out there that think that? It just occurred to me as I was talking to Mike. You think I just say stuff to say stuff?
I've been doing this for the better part of, what is it now? What year is this, 2022? 18 years? I've been doing this, and I can tell you not one time have I ever said anything just to say something. It's always like a deeply rooted thought and or opinion. Just kind of curious. Cal, for as long as you've known me, you think I've ever said something just to say something? No, you're not one to say something just to kind of get a rise out of people. That's not your style. Now, get a rise makes me laugh. Now, I am guilty as charged with that stuff. But, uh, nah, seriously. Uh, you get back to all the points that we make on this show, and responding accordingly is what we do. I've told you this before. It's much better when this team wins. It's much better when this team has accomplishments, shows results, because you guys dig it. You guys think that everybody responds to, and we get the better numbers with the negativity. Man, nah, just drives it away. And then think about me. Because I, I get the three hours. I'm like the cleanup hitter on the day. So I get the final three hours of you hearing six hours of piss and moan, piss and moan, piss and moan, piss and moan, piss and moan. I think that was six. So I come in with three more for you. And no doubt. I mean, it's a gig. You got to come up with something a little bit different, and to come on here every day and just to complain about something um, is not and never will be certainly what I am. So responding accordingly is 100% accurate each and every week right here, regardless of what, what did I call them, jackasses? What some of you jackasses might think right there. Quick break, and we'll come back. Uh, live downtown at Coach's Tavern, Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. News of the day, Miles Turner, who rolled his foot, rolled his ankle, hurt his foot in warm-ups when he stepped on the foot of a ball boy, is going to miss around a week, according to Shams, a little bit earlier. Pacers San Antonio tomorrow night, Pacers Pistons. That's Jaden Ivey in his first game at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in the NBA for the Pistons, the former Boilermaker guard coming up on Saturday night. Then it's five consecutive on the road for the Pacers. Pacers lose their opener last night to the Washington Wizards against San Antonio Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up tomorrow night. Brent Halverson rejoins. Tomorrow's show is going to be live, I believe, Castleton, right? 82nd and Allisonville Road, right? 82nd? Is it 86th? I always mix that up. 86th, yeah. I thought it was 82nd, right? That's not 82nd? 86. Son of a gun. I'm always so good geography-wise. Yeah. Right there off of Allisonville, Ale Emporium, Bud Light Blue Friday. I've got multi-pair of Commander's Colts tickets for you coming up tomorrow. I just got to make sure you guys get there. I can't give you faulty information. I'm going to be on the money with that. That's tomorrow, Ale Emporium, Castleton, Bud Light Blue Friday. Quick break. Brent rejoins. We got more for you still to come live from Coaches Downtown. 93.5107. Find the fan. The Ride with JMV. You're going to eat your fat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Spalding. You guys remember when I had Spalding on? Spalding of Caddyshack actually was on with me once. He is a real estate agent, I think, in the Boston area. You guys remember that, Bill? We went over his line, are you going to eat your fat, 
a number of times. <laughs> I want a hamburger, no a cheeseburger. We went all, as you talk about some classic lines, but Spalding has been on with me before. I want to say he's a real estate agent uh, somewhere in New England, I think around the Boston area. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Uh, so, JMB, what you're saying is that you're not just talking to fill the air. Got to fill that airtime. No way, dude. I'm not talking. If I wanted to, I could talk forever. I could do an eight-hour show. It would not phase me whatsoever. I'd get tired, but I could do it. I could do it right off the top of my head. It wouldn't take me a second to do it, and I'd have content for you. JMV is the guy in the back of the parade with the shovel and the trash can. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I cleaning up the horse poop? Is that what I'm doing there with the trash can? I love you guys. When I, when I call you jackasses, that's absolutely 100% accurate for some of you right there. That's beautiful, though. <laughs> I am that guy in the back of the parade with the shovel and the trash can. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> uh, JMV, I think uh, you won't admit that you're wrong regarding wide receiver and Matt Ryan. No, 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 no. I will admit it if I'm ever proven wrong. What I'm saying is that a half of football or uh, two games, you guys tell me all the time, well, you know what? You got to give more of a sample size. I mean, what you're talking about right now, you have no patience. You have, that's what you tell me. And then you come right back and you see a half of football and you go, hey, I told you so regarding Matt Ryan. You know what? You haven't told me anything. You haven't told me anything. There's still, according to you, a long way to go. Now, I will admit when I'm wrong, and I would love to admit when I'm finally wrong about the wide receivers. I love Michael Pittman Jr. Love him. Love having him on. Love having him talk on the show. He's just a great interview. Love it. But I am not going to admit I'm wrong after one half a play. I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong after a couple of weeks. I think Alec Pierce is going to be legit. But I'm just taking your advice. You say to give it more time, I'm giving it more time exactly what I'm doing. There is no doubt that the skill set is there for those two. But it is more than just those two. It's other guys. What do they call it? The wide receiving room. It's other guys to step up. It's the tight ends to step up. I think Jelani Woods is going to be good. I think Kylan Granson has an opportunity. I think they have three guys, including Mo Alley-Cox, that are very much so alike. But I think the opportunity is there. But you guys tell me I have to have more patience and more of a sample size than what I have. And as I mentioned earlier this week, my sample size is much larger than yours. So I will tell you, and I will own it when I am wrong. But at some point, it's going to take more than just to have a football. You understand that. And I hope that I am. Because talking about this for four years has worn me and has worn you out. It's kind of like the Miles Turner thing. <laughs> It was worn out. Hey, last night, it's like my fault that he steps on a ball boy's foot. It's not my fault. And I told you so. Trade this guy. Get rid of this guy. I don't care. Well, just get rid of him. Cut him. Again, all that shows is how stupid you are. You don't want to cut him. You don't want to get rid of him for anything. At the least, you want the absolute best in return for him. You want him to play. You want him to be 
something, an object of desire on the open market in the NBA. That's what you want. It's what you want, I think, right? You want the betterment of that team? That's exactly what you want. Unless you just want to be a jackass, and then that's probably not what you want. Brent Halverson rejoins us right now. The last five minutes has just been absolutely fantastic right here. Have you enjoyed it? It's been great. I've been looking for your shovel, though. I didn't uh, did oh, no. you bring that uh, with you everywhere you go. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's it it's right out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm good at scooping horse poop. I've done that. We used to have Founders Day back in the day in Owensburg, and I was – actually, it wasn't so much me with a shovel. It was me on a motorcycle, and then I would, I'd spin out in a horse poop pile. <laughs> <laughs> So now you've elevated yeah. up to just and, and people behind roads. me. We had like my friends behind me. I'd spin out in a horse poop and throw it on them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just me. <laughs> Jack Assery, right <laughs> Jack there. Assery, <laughs> right it. there. I love it. Um, all right, we got a big one coming up later on tonight in terms of betting with our Large City Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. New Orleans and Arizona. I love Arizona. I really do. I think Hopkins coming back, like we talked earlier. I think it's going to be a big motivational piece. Arizona has yeah. not done anything that. We thought they would this year. Mm-hmm. They just not look good. I think getting him back is going to be great. I did also see that uh, Connor is going to be a true game-time decision. So you got him in fantasy. Make sure you check it 90 minutes uh, before the game. And then Eno Benjamin would be your guy to uh, to oh, hop yeah. in there to I take like over. It. So I'll, yeah. I, I do like him, though. And I think, uh, again, with as de- depleted as New Orleans is, um, I think we're going to see the Cardinals do some stuff tonight. But, you know, hey, again, that's why they play the game. See, it's weird about it. Cliff Kingsbury is saying, and this head coach of the Cardinals, I don't know what's going on with this offense. It's unrecognizable. Normally, in the past couple of years, Kyler Murray has been good to this point. It's basically mid to late November and December when he starts – to fail right now that offense is failing much quicker than we have seen the past couple of years really is i think getting some confidence boosters back you know like we talked about rogers not having Devontae adams you got to have your guy right hopkins has been his guy and he's looking for him now he's got him back tonight and you know you had a little robbie anderson don't know if he's going to play tonight or not but uh zach Ertz has looked pretty good i think you're going to see i threw a little flyer on zach Ertz. he was plus uh he was 13 to 1 first touchdown scored so i kind of like that a little bit too right but uh, look for Murray to get it on his legs again. We've got to see him do some more running and do what Kyler Murray does, you know. And I think by, again, getting that game going, stretching the field a little bit with Hopkins, I think you're going to see a little bit more Murray running tonight, running around, and kind of getting back to this free flow that he has that we know of, you know. So, I don't know. Again, just a personal thought. Amazon Prime tonight for New Orleans and Arizona. Brent Halverson, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots. Quick break, and we'll come back. We have the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. 50-50 in betting and dining. Hey, Kyle, you okay if I give away a bullseye right here? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, number nine to 239-1070. Now, it would be really good if you guys were going to Nashville. Now, I guess if you don't have tickets to Nashville and you just want to go and be a part of this uh, Titans tailgate where we're going to invade the Titans tailgate coming up on Sunday, that's fine too. But here's what we have for you. I got a pair of passes to the Titans tailgate. Coming up in Nashville on Sunday. It's three hours before the kick of the game, right? That's central time down in Nashville. Number nine at 239-1070. If you are going, that'd work out better, but whatever. Number nine at 239-1070. You'll be able to invade the Titans tailgate with bullseyeeventgroup.com coming up on Sunday down in Nashville. We'll get a winner in the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Straight at you next. The Ride with JMV. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. Nicely done, Kyle. I'm just going to go ahead and let this stay right here. A little Grateful Dead for Brent Halverson. Sing it. Come along with me. There we go. Got everything delightful. She's got everything. What does this song compare to as far as doobage? Is this like, (laughs) well, is there more been sparked up in the past of this? What's the most sparked up song in the catalog of the Grateful Dead? All of them. All of them? Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Man. Just saying. That's so I hear. Yeah. I don't know. That's what you hear. That's yeah. what I, hear. I know you didn't partake in I know that. a friend. Yeah. I know a friend. Yeah. Uh, what year is this uh, song? 72? Man. What do you got here, Billy? Casey Jones. Casey Jones, that's it? That Casey Jones, the most sparked up Grateful Dead song of all time. You think Billy Bowman's accurate with that? Uh, one of. It is one, one of, of yes. yeah. That's what <laughs> Billy says. I believe Billy... Billy and Paul. Hey, by the way, Ale Emporium coming up tomorrow. Bud Light Blue Friday, Commander's Colts tickets for you up in Castleton. The Ale Emporium, you got to be there with us coming up tomorrow. Josh Sparks, the 50-50 VIP prize pack in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Beautiful lights for the win. Paid out 680. The place was 460. The show was 380. Keep the light on. Placed at 580. Showed at 360. Bell Miss Taylor. Checked in with the show at 1680. The $2 exact to payout went for 3080. The 50-cent trifecta payout, 19380. That is your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. By the way, Murph got Jacksonville minus three, which is what I had. You so did we're take on that. the same yeah, page. You are right on the same there, page. Too. Murph! Murph's gonna win. It's like last time. I think Murph won last time. He's going after it again. Coach's Tavern here downtown has been spectacular. Been fun as always. You know, uh, next week, John, we're also downtown. We're going to return first time this year, though. We're going to be back at the Slippery Noodle. The Noodle. With the Noodle next Thursday. Noodler next Thursday. Come out and join us, and uh, we're going to see Cap and all the the guys down there. How are we all doing? Is Cap? Yeah, doing great. They're doing good. I stopped in Song last week. When was the last time I was there? No, I checked that. I saw Cappy uh, at... um, what the hell? Where was I? At uh, Winter Circle, I think. Okay. I saw a cat. This was uh, maybe a month or so back. Maybe a month plus back. That's where I saw him. He's known to dabble in a little sports I think game he was just there, there watching some sports. Well, he might have been. You know? They got some good drinks and food over there, too. I think he was so. just watching some sports, yeah. but he was hanging out. So the Slippery Noodle. Slippery Noodle. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. It'd be good to be back at the Noodle. There's, uh, again, the oldest iconic bar in the state of Indiana and We'll be coming at live from then. So, hey, thank you. As brother. always, I appreciate man. pleasure, brother. That's Brent Alverson right there, everybody inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Hey, Kyle, who's going to go? Who won today? Who's going to Nashville for Bullseye? The winners were Joe Huff and Dan Moore today. Joe Huff and Dan Moore. Right, I'm going to do that again coming up tomorrow as well. I mentioned Alan Porham tomorrow. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday. I've got Commanders Colts tickets for you as well. And we're going to get set. The high school football one and done starts for most, not all, but most, coming up tomorrow night. Bob Lovell tomorrow. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers tomorrow as well. Our good friend from ESPN Radio, Mike Wells, on this program coming up tomorrow. Cam, great job. Kyle, fantastically done. Brent Halverson, once again, thank you. Tommy S. here at Coach's Tavern, a great spot. A Larceny Bourbon Locks and a Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. Tomorrow at 3 on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night. Thanks, YouTubers.